This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And what another week, Swanee, of just awesome college football games. Auburn completely, I'm just saying, completely destroying the Arkansas Razorbacks. Leonard Fournette, after, I'm going to let the listeners in on something. Last week, I was like, oh, we should have the topic of should Fournette sit out the entire season, get ready for the NFL draft. Well, he just basically said, you know what, Ricky, I'm going to treat you like this old Miss defender that I just put into a grave because I just ran right over these old Miss Rebels and had myself a game. We also had Penn State go ahead and upsetting the Ohio State Buckeyes, and also my team, my second team, they're not my team anymore because they've lost two games, but Houston lost again as well. Yeah, they did, and uh, you had to have been probably a little upset about that. Well, you know I was what? actually, I was surprised. I'm off the bandwagon now. I was, I was surprised. I'm off the band. Now I'm officially on the Louisville bandwagon as I sent you guys the uh, the Snapchat thing of, oh, doesn't this pose look familiar, where he, uh, I guess, made a Heisman pose during the demolishing win over NC State. Well, you know, I think that uh, you were you were not solely a Houston guy. You were Louisville way back. Yeah, I was. Lu- so, so you shouldn't say that you're jumping onto the Louisville bandwagon. You've been on that well, bandwagon. I've kind of been half and half for a quite bit. some time. Teddy Bridgewater got my love going, but now uh, Lamar Jackson has completely stolen my heart, especially with. Teddy, Stolen your heart. Especially oh, with geez. Teddy and that injury. But, Teddy, I'm rooting for you. You're going to come back nice and strong for my Vikes. But we got a jam-packed show today, Brandon. When be don't we? We, we? we always have when a jam-packed show. We? We're going to be talking some Big Ten football. Basically about the Michigan Wolverines. Are they in the driver's seat now in the Big Ten after the Ohio State loss to Penn State? We're going to look at the Clemson-Florida State game. Getting ready for that big one in the ACC. And then because we are now eight weeks done and passed in college football, Brandon and I basically say, oh, remember those predictions at the beginning of the season? Uh, we never make made those. We're making our midseason college football playoff predictions today on the Primetime Podcast. You know, Ricky, you know what would be kind of cool is if we could go back, get those clips, take them, and play them, and then see, and then talk about it. That'd be kind of fun. I think I'll see what I can do. See what you can do because I think that'd be a lot of fun because I think we would, uh, you and I, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely our our listeners would have a good time laughing and chewing us to pieces, I think, on those because I don't think what I'm going to predict now you had is Clemson really and Florida State. anywhere. You had Clemson and Florida State. I know that for sure. Yeah, talk about being an, <laughs> talk about being an idiot. I had Houston. So, uh, I mean, you can see how wrong both of us were in that, but we're going to make those predictions to end out the show. But we're going to start in Big Ten country, and we're going to be looking at the Michigan Wolverines, like I mentioned, and really, are they in the driver's seat now after Ohio State's loss to Penn State? And I say in the driver's seat, Brandon, because could is Ohio State done dead in the water? No. They can still beat Michigan in the last game of the season get the automatic bid into the Big Ten title game for the east side of the Big Ten, then play right now would be Nebraska, beat them, and most likely get into the college football playoff. However, 
Michigan right now. They they control their own destiny. They just got to win out. And they're pretty much in the college football playoff as well from the Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan, I, I really think that they are in the driver's seat now, especially after that loss to Ohio State. I, you know, you still have to take a look at the schedule for Michigan, and Ohio State is going to be coming up on the, on, on the 26th of November, and that is going to be a big game. Like you said, on the road, it's going to be at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge game to end this season. But I think Michigan, if they can continue to be concentrated, continue to be focused, I think that they're going to be fine until Ohio State's game on November 26th. But here's the thing. Michigan State, they're not ranked. They're, They're not really what they were last season. But this is a rivalry game here. Michigan and Michigan State. I, I think that uh, those those two teams don't really like each other. Uh, it's going to be, I, I think, uh, a, 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 at least for the fans, a, a fun game of banter back and forth. But mm-hmm. I, I think that this is one game that you don't want to, and I won't say what you say a lot of the time, Ricky. I, I, it's, it's, I'm not going to go and say that it's a, it's a trap game and stuff like that. They need to watch out. But I think that this could be one of those games that if they're not completely focused, and Michigan State is, they could come up and, and, and take one from Michigan. And as Ohio State lost to Penn State, I don't think too many people saw that coming. Mm-hmm. The same thing could happen if Michigan is not completely focused. However, I do think they will be, and I think that they'll get that win. Well, three of the next four games for Michigan are exactly what I'm, I'm going to use them like you described them. They need to be focused coming into those games at Michigan State, at Iowa, and then senior night at the big house or at, in Ann Arbor at home against the Indiana Hoosiers. Those are three opponents that could come out and get you. That Maryland game that I forgot to mention, which I said three of the four, Maryland I don't think is going to pose a huge threat, and that's one where I think Michigan can walk in and kind of kind of like that Rutgers game, the 78-0 game. They can kind of walk in, do their business, get out, get on to the next one. But to me the big thing and the reason why I'm not so – I'm not so afraid of these next four games. I know what you said, like, oh, Michigan State, it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen in these rivalry games. But O'Connor hasn't been a quarterback that Michigan State could lean on this year. Hasn't been the guy that we thought he would be, the guy to lead that and kind of continue the kind of quarterback hierarchy that we've seen at Michigan State. I mean, He's only thrown for 1,257 yards, 11 touchdowns, 6 INTs. Yeah, he's got a rating of 148.2, but he hasn't been that quarterback that has been too special, like extending to the standards that we put at the beginning of the season. And I think this Michigan defense is going to give him hell. I think they're going to give him hell. They're going to give Maryland hell. They're going to give Iowa hell. And then Indiana, that's going to be a real game where the defense for Michigan I am confident in, but that is an Indiana team that could give Michigan a run for their money, even though I have Michigan winning these next four games going into that game in Columbus to end the regular season. I think that the game this past weekend with Ohio State and Penn State was one of those games that shows you that anything can happen in college football, Mm -hmm. and certainly this season. I think that we saw Rutgers give Minnesota a little bit of a test. We saw Wisconsin uh, tested by Iowa for much of that game, and 
How about this? In the first half, we saw Purdue beating Nebraska. Now that was something else because Nebraska has also been a very good, I think quietly, been a good team this team this year. They've been kind of that podunk team out in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere that no one's talked about for the most part. Um, I think within the Big Ten, yes, they have. But outside of that, the, the national attention, I don't think it's really been there. Which well, is, is why Mike Riley's but, coming but, out party. But this is why I, I'm saying is that all of those games were close at some point. Mm-hmm. And I know Michigan, uh, at, at, for, for a while in a, a game a couple of weeks ago against Colorado, it was like, Michigan, where are you at? I think they were down 21 to 3 or something like mm-hmm. that. Look at the Wisconsin game, 14 7. Exactly. Michigan has had its tests. I think that they possibly could have another one this weekend. One that I think they're able to get out of and probably end up winning handily. But I think that this is why college football is so exciting. This is why people love watching college football. Because any week, anything could happen. Anything could happen. Did anyone think... Let's be honest. Did anyone think that Auburn was going to blow out Arkansas? You may have thought Auburn was going to win, but you think they were going to blow them out 52-3? to mm-hmm. No, you did not. No one did. It's just stuff like that. Anything can happen on any given night. Any given player can just step up and make a name for himself. And that's what I love about college sports. College football has been so exciting this season. There's always going to be upsets. There's always going to be good games. But this season, I think, I've seen more upsets, more teams come mm-hmm. from behind and get a win, more teams just come out of nowhere. And on that day, they were just better than one of the best teams that we see in college football. That is what's really exciting. But that's what also, I think, could necessarily work in Michigan's kind of not work in their favor because Michigan State could just finally come out of nowhere and say, hey, we want to try and be good this week. Yeah, and the thing that I think is going to, the big part of that Michigan State-Michigan game that's going to be the one thing to focus on, the side of the ball to focus on, is Michigan's offense against Michigan State's defense. Because I think the Michigan defense is solid. It is really solid. You look at the points against that they've given up in conference, a phenomenal 25 points. Then if you look over into the overall counting non-conference games, they are the only Big Ten team to not give up 100 points this season. Ohio State, were it was them and Ohio State. Ohio State and Wisconsin just put that over the edge and gave up 100 points on the season from this past weekend. But they're sitting at 70 points against overall, 25 points against in the reg or in Big Ten play. I think because of that, because of their defense, because of guys like Jabril Peppers, that that's the thing that's going to drive this Michigan team forward. And it, it I don't want to sound cliche-y, but I'm going to. There's a reason why they say, Brandon, defense wins championships. And I'm going to go with the team with the better defense as of right now. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Peppers has been a a huge key to this team. And not just defensively, but I think that, you know, just his play really... Modern day booby miles. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think that he's also um, really helped to spark some other guys on this team and and, and on this defense. And, And Michigan, you know, under Harbaugh, Michigan has really prided themselves 
mm-hmm. on their passion and their defense. And I think that that is something that's really big. And I think that's going to be something that's really big going forward. And I, and I said at the beginning of this season and when we were in the offseason coming into the year is that last people last year people really looked at Michigan and they were all excited they jumped on the Michigan train and Harbaugh and Michigan's gonna gonna go to the playoffs this year and they're gonna win it and whoa 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 it's gonna be awesome Ricky what did I say I said they were a year too early mm-hmm. they needed to wait a year now it's time to jump on the train for Michigan and this train is choo-chooing right along. They are definitely uh, full head of steam. I think that they are going to continue to have a great season. They really don't have a whole lot of tests. Uh, the rest of the way, I, I think, on the road at Michigan State, I think that that's going to be uh, an, an, an interesting game. Maryland, they should handle easily at home. On the road at Iowa, that should be fine. Uh, Indiana, it could be interesting for a quarter, but I think they handle that. And then on the road at Ohio State, if this team is able to go out and win the rest of these games, they mm-hmm. are the Big Ten champion. They are the Big Ten champion. It's I don't I don't care what people are saying with Nebraska. Nebraska will be good. Nebraska will give them a a, a contest. But I think that at the end of the day, Michigan is too good too good defensively and overwhelming defensively. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't want to say it's no contest, but it's no contest. Let me ask you this then to kind of end it out, and this might be a reiteration, and if it is, I apologize for kind of reiterating a point, but I think it's an important one. No matter which team wins the Big Tennies, because let's be honest, it's either going to be Ohio State or it's going to be Michigan. I don't see Penn State slipping like getting up there i don't see michigan losing two games so that penn state could win a tiebreaker over michigan but no matter who comes out of the east whether it's ohio state whether it's michigan are though is either one of those teams yes you said nebraska might give them a fight but is it pretty much whoever wins the East is going to win the Big Ten title game and go on to the college football playoff? I think so. And again, I don't want to say that uh, Nebraska is is not good. I don't want to say that there there's no that there's no chance for them. But I, I think that you know when you when you look at it, I I think that really it, it does come down to these teams in their in their. And their defenses, and I think that when you you put up most teams, match up most teams against a team like Michigan, most teams are gonna kind of fall when you look at Michigan's defense compared to even any other mm-hmm. team's defense. Uh, you know, except for possibly Alabama's, uh, and, and and most likely Alabama's, they have the best team in all of college football. But I think that when it comes to Michigan, and when it comes to I think taking a look at this their their team, they've got so many different guys who can run the football and score on the ground. Um, Wilton Spate has been really good. He's over you know just about fifteen hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, only two interceptions. This team all around is solid. This team all around is solid, and, and I think that that's why they are as good 
as they are because there's not one spot where you're like, oh, there's a gaping hole at the running back position. Oh, there's a gaping hole at the quarterback position. I think that this team is just so fundamentally sound, and the reason being Coach Harbaugh. You don't have a team that he's coaching and have it be not fundamentally sound. It's It really comes down to coaching. Mm-hmm. It comes down to getting the right players and the right systems. They've got the right players. Well, and my big thing kind of to put the final thoughts on it from my end is the reason why I am favoring Michigan coming into these final five games is defense. And some of the big defensive stats is tackles for loss, just getting into the backfield. Some of the big guys, I mean, you got Ben Gideon, you've got Jabril Peppers, who we talked about. They lead the team. Jabril's got 10, Gideon's got nine tackles for loss. Both of them, I believe, have 46 total yards in that department. But then you got guys like defensive linemen who um, got to thank him again for coming on um, the show and talking a little Michigan football during the offseason. But defensive lineman Mo Hurst, who stepping up in a new defensive system because their defensive coordinator came over from Boston College this offseason. He's even got himself six and a half tackles for loss. And there are a couple guys where you see like five and a half, four and a half. So it's a pretty spread out attack and just getting into the backfield. And I think that's going to, it's going to propel Michigan, I'll say, to the Big Ten title game. I think they're going to play Nebraska. And in that, I like Michigan. But like you've said, Brandon, Nebraska could probably give them a run for their money. And plus, anything can happen in a title game in any conference, but this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Is Michigan in the driver's seat? What are they going to do in the driver's seat? And how do you think the rest of the Big Ten plays out with the last five or so games that we have left for each team? We're going to move on, however, from the Big Ten over to the East and the ACC where we got a big matchup. We've got Clemson at number three going up against Florida State at 12. And this we kind of might have expected this to be a bigger game during the offseason. Florida State, though, two early losses, a big one to Louisville. They've kind of fallen out of how high they were in the rankings to start the season. But this, to me, Brandon, is a game for Clemson that I'm a, I'm a little worried about, or I would be worried if I was a Clemson Tiger fan. You're worried. I am. I mean, I look at that. I look at the last game they had against NC State, and I look at that and I go, "Man, if NC State, a team like that, could come into our house and play us that close," and I know Dabo Sweeney before that game was talking about how, "Oh, we got to respect this defensive front. This is a good team that we're playing. We can't overlook them." Let's be honest. That's what a coach is supposed to say. But this NC State team came in, and I thought for a while they were going to be able to upset Clemson. I was kind of hoping that they'd be able to upset Clemson, give the Louisville Cardinals a little bit of life back behind them to possibly get in to that ACC title game. This is a totally different game now. They've had the week off, but you're going into Tallahassee to play a Florida State team where, let's be honest, at two losses, your college football playoff chances are shot. And I know Jimbo Fisher, after they lost that second game 
on their season two. North Carolina was like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk about the season being over because we still got a lot to play for. If he if he can get his can can rally around his boys, this is a game where he could say, "Hey guys, this is that something I was saying that we got left to play for." I think that your comments are, uh, you know, well taken, and I think that uh, it, it makes sense. But you're going to disagree. But I think that uh, <laughs> Clemson shouldn't. I shouldn't say that they shouldn't be too worried. The stat that sticks out to me, points allowed per game. Clemson, the Clemson Tigers' defense is very good, only allowing 15.3 points per game. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, Florida State and the Seminoles, points allowed per game, 28.9. Almost 30 points allowed per game. They're only scoring 34.9 points per game on average that that's awful that's awful they cannot allow a team to score that much and yes people may say well brandon that's a little uh skewed because they gave up 63 points to louisville well they gave up 34 to Ole miss they gave up 35 to usf they gave up 37 to North Carolina. They gave up 19 to Miami. They only gave up 6 to Wake Forest. Look, But look at the, some of those scores. 35 points, 37 points, mm-hmm. 19 points, 34 points. They're giving up a lot of points. Their defense has been really bad this season. That's been a reason, the reason, why they have two losses on the season. They have no no defense. They can score points. With 45, 52, 20 wasn't all that great, 55, 35, 20, and 17. They can score points. It's there. The defense has not been. The defense has not been able to to help to carry or lift up this team. Florida State, I thought, was going to be a whole lot better. Offensively, I think they've been very good. Well, we thought Dalvin Cook was going to be a Heisman candidate, too. Well, we thought I think we both thought that Dalvin Cook was going to be better than what he's been this season. Mm-hmm. Again, some people would say that Dalvin Cook's been okay, but he, he only has 900 yards and seven touchdowns. When you say only, he only... Well, you know, last year, you take a look at Leonard Fournette, who was, you know, the, the Heisman candidate. At this point, I think he had, wow, what, 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns, well, something crazy. Well, even you crazy. look at across the country, Christian McCaffrey, who everyone thought should have won the Heisman last year, he's not even having as good of a year as he had last year. No, he he, he has not. I mean, I think that uh, people have kind of showed that, that Stanford's got a whole lot of other mm-hmm. problems because when McCaffrey doesn't do anything— so goes the Stanford offense. But I I think that for that stat, and honestly for that stat alone, I think that Clemson shouldn't necessarily be worried. I think they should be very confident coming into this game because if they're able to score points, which other teams certainly have been able to score points Mm -hmm. against this Florida State defense, they should feel fairly confident. Now, I think that when you take a look at the Clemson Tigers, again, they've only allowed, on average, 15 points per game. That's very good. That's very impressive. And if they're able to hold down the Florida State offense, which, you know, 
couple of teams have been able to in those two losses. Well, nah, the, the, the second loss, the one to North Carolina, they didn't really hold them down. That was kind of a fluke win, I'll say it. That was the, but, that was the long kick. Yeah, and that, was the, the, the some, that was the 50-some. That was the 50-some yep. yarder. But, you know, only 20 points uh, that Louisville mm-hmm. held them down to. Honestly, in this one, I want to say that Florida State will win, but I think it's going to go Clemson. The one thing that I think is in in Florida State's favor in this one, and it's going to really help, is where the game's being played. It's being played in Tallahassee. I look at the games that Clemson has been on the road this season, 19-13, to 13, a close win over the Auburn Tigers. Then you have a 26-7 a closer than we would have thought for a team in Georgia Tech who's not really that good. They should have beat them by more. At Boston College, we see, okay, okay, cool. You, you play an opponent that you're supposed to hammer, and you lay the hammer, and you win like you're supposed to, because let's be honest, Boston College ain't that good of a football team. But I look back to the... Auburn game on the road. Now I'm going to look at that Georgia Tech game. I know they won 26 to 7, but that probably should have been a bigger win because Georgia Tech, let's be honest, is not a very good football team. I think Florida State has the power in this one to I'm going to say play with emotion, but it's one of those things where it's like we've got A, we've got nothing to lose. B, we need to Defend our home field and see what kind of a coming out party. I'm going to say it. Coming out party. Could this be for Francois? A guy earlier in the season, when they beat Old Miss, it's like, oh, he's going to be similar to Jameis Winston. And then going into Louisville, we're like, oh, this is going to be a good game. Like you said, I'm pretty much going to say they laid an egg with the score in that one, only scoring 20 points because they let Louisville score 63. However, when you do have Lamar Action Jackson, you look at that and go, okay, I can see how they scored 63. But then you let Southern Florida score 35. And like you said, you listed off all these totals. I don't know why I'm repeating them. But with this one, I think it's going to come down to Florida State needs to feed off of that home energy. And if I am Jimbo Fisher, the game plan I am going with, is I am hoping to win that coin toss. And I know a lot of teams these days are like, I'm going to defer to the second half. I'm taking the kickoff. I'm taking the ball to start the game because if we can get our offense going early on in that game and they can score and get the home field behind them, get that crowd energized from the start, that's going to make it harder on Clemson coming into Tallahassee this week. you got to use the home field to your advantage in this one. Uh, I, I think that uh, the, the two two keys first for uh, the Clemson Tigers. I think it's it's really bottle try and bottle up Delvin Cook because mm-hmm. we've seen Delvin Cook when he's gone wild against teams. He has gone wild and he has been very good. And again, nine hundred yards and seven touchdowns on the season. It's been good, but it hasn't been as good as what we thought it was going to be for a a Heisman candidate esque season. Mm-hmm. And and then I think for for Florida State, it's 
don't allow Deshaun Watson to run. If you take that piece of his game away and, and force him to have to hang in the pocket and not be able to to run and, and get out, I think that that's going to really frustrate him, and mm-hmm. I think that that will be a big help for Florida State and the Seminoles. I, I think that uh, this is going to be a close game, though. It's going to be good. I am leaning toward, in this one, it's, I don't know. At this point, I don't know who I'd take. If you said, Ricky, who's going to win this game? I mean, my gut reaction would be, oh, well, Florida State. But I'll be honest, that's because I'm on the Louisville bandwagon and a loss for Clemson just means that Louisville is one more Clemson loss that could come to Pitt later in the season, could even come to Syracuse. I mean, those have been some shocking teams that have gotten some shocking wins this season in the ACC, but I think this is going to be this is going to be a game, and I would not be surprised with it being in prime time, with it being on ABC, if we don't see a similar type of game, and not like how it exactly played out, but just how close it was of the game that was on ABC this past week. What game was that, Brandon? Uh, that was Ohio State-Penn State. Little Ohio State-Penn State. So maybe we see a little bit of back-to-back close games on ABC, but is there anything we missed in this one? One thing I want to add, Deshaun Watson versus conference teams this season has just about 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's been sacked four times. He's run it 48 times for 195 yards and a touchdown. So... Again, if Florida State is able to shut him down, I, I think via the run and, and force him to pass and, and see without that running component, mm-hmm. see how he does. I think that that'll be interesting. Well, and this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think about this game. Clemson fans want to hear from you. Florida State fans, I want to hear from you as well. Also, general college football fans, let us know down below who you got in this one. What are you looking for in this one? And how good of a game are you expecting between these two teams? And Brandon, we are going to move on into our last topic of the podcast where we're going to make some mid-season playoff predictions for the college football playoffs this season. And I'll be honest, this one, this this was tough. This was hard. This was hard. (laughs) And I still don't even feel... Feel good about it. I don't. I don't at Brandon all. Brandon wants to flip-flop back and forth like like a swing state in the election, basically. He wants to go one side, then the other side. But here's how we're going to do it. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, it's just going to be audio. I'm going to apologize for that up front. It's just the nature of the beast. If you were on YouTube, though, listening to the segment, you're going to see a little bit of graphics. And the first two are going to be our playoffs that we had at the beginning of the year. And I'll just announce those really quick. And then me and Brandon will both go into our individual predictions for the midseason. And just to get it started so you guys know where we were coming from, here's what we had at the beginning of the season. My playoff prediction in the offseason was I had Clemson going up against Old Miss on one side. Yeah, I know. I picked Old Miss. You guys can laugh away. And then I had Michigan... And Houston on the other. Two of those teams are still in the thick of things. The other two, not so much. And I believe I had Michigan and Clemson in my title game with Michigan winning it all. Brandon's bracket in the offseason 
was he had Florida State playing Michigan on one side, and on the other side, you had a rematch of the national title game between Clemson and Alabama. And I want to say you had Clemson and Florida State meeting in the championship game, but we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I think I did. We'll, We'll give you the benefit of the doubt with hindsight and say you said Michigan, Alabama, because that's what you really meant to say. But <laughs> sure. now we are going to go into our predictions, the ones that took us forever to come it, up it, with. Guys. It did. And, and you're going to go, it took you a long time to come up with this garbage, but hey, you know, it's tough. Well, it's, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't want to, A, I didn't want to, and B, I don't believe that it's going to be Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, Washington. Yeah, I agree. A, I didn't want to do it. B, I don't think that's going to happen. No. So I wasn't going to give you guys that kind of garbage as well. You guys can read rankings as of right now for yourself. But B, we're going to start with you. Take us through what you have for your playoff rankings. Take us through who you got, your number one through your number four, then who's going to win each matchup, meet in the title game, and win it all. All right, well, <laughs> here, here it goes. Uh, so one through four, I, I've got uh, Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, Louisville. And then I've got Alabama going against Louisville, Michigan going against Clemson. So now you're all going, you dumbass. Why do you have two ACCs in there? Well, I, I don't think that Washington's going to go undefeated, and I don't think that they'll end up winning the Pac-12. Uh, I, I think that it'll it, it'll probably be Utah, um, but uh, I, I think that uh, it, it, it's not going to be a Pac-12 team in 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 the in the playoff. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a Big 12 team because they're going to have co-champions, and really, no one wants to have a Big 12 team in the playoff. It's not going to be. Uh, another SEC team uh, because I, I just think that uh, when you when you take a look at it, it, there's too many other good matchups. I think for teams to have one or two losses and and not be close enough to the top four to be able to be in there. The other only other team that I think really f- I feel makes sense is Louisville. I look at the rest of their schedule and I see them winning out. I think that. This is a team that is right there, right on the cusp. And if when, if and when Washington mm-hmm. loses, Louisville will be inserted up there. Again, I don't really know if any of this is going to happen, and most likely and probably will not. Uh, but uh, I didn't want. I I was like you, Ricky. I did not want to keep all four teams there. I thought that was boring. I I don't think it's going to happen like that. There's too many weeks left in college football for for it to work out exactly and as cleanly as it is right now there plus we know the committee never does exactly what the ap polls are thinking no and the committee never does anything that you're thinking that they'll do (laughs) so uh, this is what i've got again alabama louisville michigan and clemson who you got winning who you got winning from each side and who you got winning out of the two champion teams i've got alabama beating louisville i've got michigan beating clemson Alabama, Michigan, Alabama repeats. So you're going to go with the repeat for the Crimson Tide. Yeah. Over Jim Harbaugh. This is, I mean, that would Alabama. be that would I think be a really good matchup. Oh, that'd be it'd the be best two, title game. It'd be two great defenses. Whose offense is going to be better? 
I think that would be awesome. Then you know what else would be another storyline that people would throw into that national title game? You've got the guy who loved satellite camps in the offseason, the guy who despised it. You've got milk and steak on one side, whatever Nick Saban likes to drink and eat on the other side. But it'd be a great, I think that'd be a great national title game. And uh, I'd be hard-pressed to find someone who wouldn't want to watch that matchup. We're going to go into mine now. And mine's a little bit different where, yes, I have Bama and Michigan 1-2. But I got Bama playing the four-seeded Nebraska Cornhuskers and Michigan playing the two-seeded Louisville Cardinals. And you might be saying, well, Ricky, yours are worse than Brandon. Get the fuck out of here. And uh, I'm going to defend myself a little bit because, as Brandon knows, and most of you who listen to the Primetime Podcast or Most Valuable Podcast know, I'm an overthinker. I like to get into the nitty-gritty and just pull back the curtains and get into every thinking scenario that could happen. I'm going to give you guys a detailed scenario of what will happen And I'm going to start with the ACC because you might be asking where the fuck is Clemson and how it's going to work. They're going to lose this week to Florida State on the road. That'll give them one loss. They'll win out. They'll have the tiebreaker over Louisville. They will go to the ACC championship game. They will play North Carolina and lose to North Carolina on a 50-plus yard field goal from the kicker who we know he can hit him. He's hit him before this year. And Clemson will be heartbroken. Because of that, the ACC will be in some interesting times. And you might be saying, well, Ricky, what about the Big 12? They might be the next team to step up. Well, guess what? I'm not going to root for Oklahoma because I said they weren't going to make it in the preseason. And then you got Baylor and West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia to me has, out of the three, they're the one I put my money on to go undefeated. But they won't. These three teams will beat each other up. We're going to have co-champions. They're not even going to make the college football playoff. Then I look at the Pac-12, and I think what's going to happen is Washington will win out the regular season. They will go into the Pac-12 title game undefeated. Because they beat Washington in Week 10, that would mean Colorado would step up and play Washington in the Pac-12 title game because I think they will win out. Colorado, a team that played Michigan tough, could have beaten Michigan, probably should have beaten Michigan. They're going to get the win over Washington and upset the Huskies. So you're sitting there going, whoa, the Pac-12, the Big 12 are out. The ACC is out. We got to fill two spots. And the next two best teams are going to be Louisville because they're just going to sit there after winning out in the regular season. And then you're going to look around and you're going to look at the SEC and you're going to go, well, we don't really have a second place team that we can take from there because yeah, Florida is going to have one loss, but they're not going to, they're not going to be that quality of a team. Then you look at the big 10 you go, Oh, Michigan just played a really close game against the Cornhuskers. We will take them. They get the bid. And that's how I came up with my college football playoff. So, Bama, Nebraska, Michigan, Louisville. I think Bama easily, easily handles the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I think Michigan-Louisville, an interesting game. I would love the outcome no matter who it was. 
But at this point, I am going to agree with Brandon and pick the Wolverines. However, in the Saban-Harbaugh matchup, I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to say Michigan hoists the national champion, champ, championship, the championship trophy, or as Phyllis from Mulga would say, the national trophy. And Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines are your national champion at the end of the year. That's that's just the way I see it. That's how I got it going. Well, we're probably both extremely wrong. Uh, but hey, you know what? It was fun, huh? It was easier in the preseason. We had a lot more teams to play with. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. It is really difficult now. And the one thing you might be saying is, Ricky, well, why did you pick Nebraska over Ohio State? Ohio State's going to have two losses if this happens because Michigan's going to have to beat them and Nebraska would only have one because they would have to win out to get to that big that Big Ten title game before losing to Michigan. But b- before I wrap everything up, before we get to Sw- Swanee's final minutes, is there anything else that you want to get to with these predictions? No, I, I don't want anything else to do with these predictions because okay. they're probably so wrong. I got one thing I want to bring up, one thing, and this is a scenario I brought up to Brandon. I almost put it in my prediction, and I want to bring it up because I want to hear what people think. The unthinkable could happen this season. The unthinkable. The way Auburn has it right now, they have one loss in conference play. They could beat Old Miss. They could beat Vanderbilt. They could beat Georgia. Easily beat Alabama A&M. Get them out of here. If they could win those games and then go into Alabama and upset the Crimson Tide... They could get a bid into the SEC title game, win that game, and possibly get into the college football playoff. I'm throwing out there because I want to hear what you guys think with this situation. I think it could happen. Old Miss hasn't been good. Georgia's kind of been low. Vanderbilt's not that good of a team. The only thing for me is can, can Auburn have a type of game against Alabama that they had with uh, that field goal return that went – a hundred and some yards all the way back for a touchdown as time expired. That is something that I, I mentioned to Brandon. I'm like, do I go with the unthinkable here? Do I go a little bit uh a little bit of a mad hatter situation going on, no pun intended, because Les Miles used to be in the SEC. But wanna know what you guys have to think on that one. Before we wrap up the entire podcast though, it is that time of the show where I hand it over to Brandon Swanson for Swanee's final thoughts. Well, folks, I don't know if you've been watching, but the Chicago Cubs are going to the World Series for the first time since 1945, and they're trying to look for their first World Series win for the first time since 1908. So I think that this is really exciting. It's great for the city of Chicago. I'm a White Sox fan. But I really am excited for the Cubs, and, and, I, and I think that I think that this is this is a really fun time to be a Chicagoan. I think this is a really fun time uh, just to be able to see a city come together uh, in a time when there's so much division and divide over politics and religion and ideologies. I think that this is something that's able to bring everyone together. In a city that is an outstanding, amazing city, best city in the world. And I think that 
this is exciting and this is a time to be alive. It really is. And, and I, I think that one of the reasons why I'm so excited for the Cubs is I, I am really excited for those fans who have been waiting since they were little kids. You know, years and years, when, you know, back in 1908, they've been waiting since then, and they still still alive, some of them. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I think that it's really exciting, and, and I'm so excited, and it you know, kind of gives me the chills to, to see some of these fans, these older fans that just absolutely are so, get so excited and are so happy to be a part of it and you know and then the, for the fans that that can't be here today you know though the ones that have been that were always diehard cub fans but you know you know they're you know ended too soon or they just they just couldn't hang on for another 100 years i'm excited for them and i think that this is a fun time and make sure you check out uh, the video that Ricky Widmer and myself will be doing, uh, we're going to be putting that up within the next couple of days, so be looking for that. We're doing a, a joint video together, Cubs-Indians World Series Preview, and it's it's going to be a good one. It's two teams that have been winning all season long for the Cleveland Indians. I don't know how, uh, but for the Chicago Cubs, we have seen how good they've been and what a good farm system Theo and the crew came up with. So... I just got to say, go Cubs, go. This had to be how Boston felt, right? This had to be how Boston felt because, Brandon, I, I will say, for those of you who don't know, I am the Cub fan in the room, and I am both ecstatic and nervous. And I'm going to tell a little story before we wrap this off. Today, as I was at work, I got an email from uh, the Cubs website basically saying, hey, get all your uh, get all your playoff gear for uh, the World Series and uh, – Let's just say I might be spending a ton of money on uh, World Series hats, World Series hoodies, World Series t-shirts because uh, I don't know when the next time my team is going to be back. So uh, I may uh, take a little bit of hit to the wallet so that I can buy a ton of uh, World Series swag. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. I want to thank you guys for checking out the show. You can go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Those are in the description down below. Let us know what you think in the comment section. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, hit that follow button. Also, let us know on Blog Talk Radio what you guys think as well. Go check out our Patreon page, most important part. If you love the podcast, want to support us a little bit more than hitting that follow and subscribe button, we want to do cool things like get little uh, lava mics for our shirts so that we can do our videos without the big microphones in front of our face. So, Check out that, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. I want to thank you guys for checking out the show, and as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.